Relying on someone who doesn't know you or your situation to give you specific financial advice is just plain dumb. That's why everything said on this show is just helpful information. If you want specifics, give us a call. All opinions expressed here are ours. GenWealth Financial Advisors is a registered investment advisor with securities offered through LPL Financial. Member FINRA SIPC. Fear Factor Month continues on the Get Ready for the Future show. What scares you about retirement? This week, possibly the biggest fear investors have, and that's the fear of a market crash. We'll talk with Ryan Dietrich, Senior Market Strategist for LPL Financial, about that possibility and how you should prepare. This is the Get Ready for the Future show. Education-driven, strategy-based, Team Delivered, that is the Gen Wealth difference, and this is the Get Ready for the Future show as we have reached the middle of October, the middle of Fear Factor Month. My name is Scott Inman. To my left is Troy Johnson out of our Bryant office. Good morning. Morning. How are you today? Doing good. Ready to roll? I'm ready. Talking fears I'm awake. all day long. He's awake. Have somebody jump up behind you in a minute, Troy. Oh, yeah, <laughs> speaking of that, uh, uh, welcome to John Shrewsbury and Janet Walker, too. Good morning to both of you. I'm a little good fearful morning. today. Are you? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, Just because I said kinda, something about somebody jumping up kinda, behind kinda Troy. Kind of that kind of show, you know. <laughs> Janet's talking about somebody jumping up behind me. They don't allow to get whooped. That's just all there is to it. <laughs> they need to be afraid, not yes, you. Yes, they huh? need to be afraid. <laughs> is Bethany in this room somewhere? That's right. She is known for that. Yeah, She does. She does yeah. sneak around uh, and hide under desk in our office. That's Just so everybody knows, that's my my daughter, not a team member we have sneaking around <laughs> hiding under desks. <laughs> oh, well, you know, this colder weather or the cooler weather, I don't guess it's cold yet, but the cooler weather is starting to really make it feel like uh, Halloween's coming, trick-or-treaters are everywhere. I went and got my candy corn and my peanut mix. You guys do that, right? I thought you were going to say you went and got your costume. No. I haven't gotten one of those in a while. Okay. Yeah. I need to buy one for my son. But yeah, you guys do the candy corn and peanuts, right? No. No. What? We we did chocolate, dude. Because if it's left over, I'm eating it. (laughs) Are y'all anti-candy corn? Is any human, is is candy corn fit for human consumption? Well, I don't like it by itself, but if you eat it with a handful of peanuts, it's it's out of sight. I'm sorry. You know, if you have to add something to your food (laughs) to make it edible, (laughs) I don't know what it is, but I'm consuming it. Let's try it without the candy corn, just the peanuts, and see how you like it. Yeah, that would be the question. That'd be okay. I'd definitely be okay with that, too. Yeah, so uh, my daughters, we're we're dealing with Fear Factor Month. I've got a great little story about them uh, going to Magic. I say still Magic Springs. That is the theme park. But I guess this time of year, they call it Magic Screams, right? Hmm. So they still have the park open. Obviously, the water park's not open, but they still have the park open for the rides. But then they do some extra... Uh, seasonal things, yeah. we'll say. And one of those things is a haunted house. They've got a haunted house on property. This is not a commercial for Magic Springs by any means. But <laughs> my daughters went to a birthday party, uh, and that's what they did, was they went to Magic Screams, and they went into the haunted house. They told me that when they got back. And I said, so how was it? And she said, well, it was, it, was, it was pretty scary, but they told you going in that nobody was allowed to touch you. So that helps, right? Yeah, it, you, yeah. you know you're not going to get attacked, or you have reasonable assurance of that. But it's pitch black. And my daughter said she just put her hand on my other daughter's shoulder as they walk through. And I'm assuming that my other daughter did the same thing. And they're kind of yeah. feeling their way through the pitch black dark. And then some things would kind of pop out at them and scare them. And I thought, you know, how appropriate as we talk about Fear Factor Month on the Get Ready for the Future show. When it comes to what fears do you have about your retirement, those are the two things, right? You're, you you feel like you're just kind of feeling your way through the dark. The, uh, you don't know yeah. where what direction to go to get to the other side. Right. And then the other part of that is is things are going to jump out at you that you don't know where they're coming from next. You know, we've talked about so many times in the last few weeks that that education is the antidote to fear. And you think about in this haunted house scenario, they're walking through the dark. If somebody just turned on the lights and went, hey, when you round the next corner, somebody's going to jump out at you. It would not have any impact as far as fear that like they just walk through and go, well, that was blah, you know, no big deal because they're educated about it. And the same is true in the markets. If you if you know what's coming, eh, you know, it's not going to scare you. We don't know. We, you know, we generally know, but we don't know exactly what on exactly what day. Right. It, it, so there's no way to know that. You've got to be educated about how to react. That's yeah. that's where you are. 
clearly that is that is the way to deal with this and that's what we try to do through the gen wealth ready to retire process is educate you help you to understand and then cut through all the confusion and create a clear plan for you toward financial independence as you move into retirement and that's really the key troy is people are looking for that sense of security they're looking for that sense of financial independence and you really don't get there without a plan Right. Yeah. Having the plan where it's on paper and, and you, you know what your income is going to be throughout your retirement. That's the biggest deal in all this is just having creating that consistent income stream so that you know you can meet your expenses and so that these bumps in the market don't don't scare you as much as they can scare some other people. So put another way, your plan should be a plan that prepares for or should I even say expects that next recession or that next downturn. Yeah, it's like your flashlight in the in the haunted house. You talked about turning on the light. So if you just yeah. have a flashlight looking ahead to see what is ahead, then you can prepare for that and understand, okay, it might jump out at me, but I'm ready. I'm, yeah. I've got my baseball bat here. I'll whop it upside <laughs> the head or whatever the case may be. Uh, you know, the, the plan is really the key to that. And yeah. uh, also having a plan is great, but being educated about that plan and understanding what to expect. Scott, you and I were sitting with uh, a gentleman gentleman just this past week who is planning his retirement next year. An early retirement. Yeah, it is an early retirement. And we've gotten in depth with him about details in this plan and and way ahead of where most people would plan simply so he can be educated about this and really absorb it and understand it. And we would encourage people to do that with us. Don't wait until the last minute to come in and and you are kind of wandering in the dark when that's the case because you don't have enough time to absorb the, the information the education, the details. So come in early, come in, you know, five years before you're ready to retire and sit down with an advisor and get that plan together. Because I think the, as Janet has very appropriately said, education is the antidote to fear. Well, when you are thinking about, are you fearful about those things? If you go back to that haunted house analogy about going into retirement and your fear of the dark or your fear of something jumping out and scaring you and how that relates to whatever that is for you, putting your hand on that shoulder of the person in front of you, that's your guide to get through the darkness. And that's what we are, really. We prefer to look at ourselves as a coach or a guide as much as we say we are a financial advisor. So that is a big part of it, too. And then the things that jump out at you, that's what we're going to be talking about today. Is a market downturn, or, or dare I even say a market crash, right around the corner? Well, the win is always the big the big, the big big thing you don't know, Troy. We, the, the win, we know that every day we... Uh, cross into as far as this bull market is concerned, we're another day closer to a correction. But the right. win is is something you, nobody can predict. Right. And we know that the, the markets go up and the markets go down. Everybody knows that. The good news is that if you look back at the S&P 500, it's up about 75% of the time. It's down about 25% of the time if you look at year-over-year returns. Okay. And a little bit better news on that. If you look at the averages of all the years that the market is positive, that average is a positive return of about 21%. If you look at all the negative years, it's an average of about negative 14%. So when it's up, it's up more than when it's down, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. So long term, if you're in it for the long haul, it certainly yeah. makes a case for long term investing. But what if you're walking right into retirement in the next five years, as you mentioned earlier, John? Yeah. So, you know, when the key here is that's great information, Troy, but you don't want to do the wrong thing at the wrong time for the wrong reason. When the market goes down, it's how you react. It's, it's very much how you react to that fear that really is going to set the course for your future. And so, so your advisor is there to help you walk through that, to help you understand what your proper reaction should be to a market downturn, a, a political upheaval, whatever the case may be, you name it. There's all kinds of things that can can disturb a market. Uh, in, and certainly, uh, we're probably going to have some of those in 2020 and 2021. But it's always up to your advisor to sit there and help you understand what's going on as far as the markets are concerned. Political environment, market upheavals. We're going to talk to Ryan Dietrich about those things. Those are certainly dominating the headlines. Ryan is the senior market strategist for LPL Financial, joins us every month on the Get Ready for the Future show, and we're going to gain his insight on the other side of the break. We're just getting started in the middle of Fear Factor Month. Stay with us. Get off the crazy train and onto a more dependable track with the Gen Wealth team. All aboard the Get Ready for the Future show after the break. Do you worry about retiring? 
How much is enough? Can I achieve my retirement goals? Hi, I'm Scott Inman for Genwell Financial Advisors, and we've been helping Arkansans retire for 14 years. Get answers in less time than it takes to check social media. Visit 15minuteretirement.com and we'll gather some information, analyze your success rate, and provide the coaching for any needed changes. Type 15minuteretirement.com to get started on your 15-minute retirement checkup today. Securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC. Investments and economics move at the speed of light. And we've got the latest information you need to know to stay ahead of the game. From GenWealth Financial Advisors, it's the fastest four minutes in investing. I have to pay more attention to what I look like. I watched one of our social media posts on the fastest four. That's why I've got the coat today. You know, I want to really be okay for TV. You know, I'm not on TV anymore, so I don't really think about it very much. But, but you in. are. You well, are. I am. Welcome into the fastest four minutes in investing. We are also on the Get Ready for the Future show. Thanks for watching and listening on radio. Hey, on the radio side today, John, we've got Ryan Dietrich, uh, Senior Market Strategist for LPL Financial. So we're going to get in-depth with him in that segment. We're going to talk about uh, the trade war, the impeachment uh, proceedings, what that effect might or what effect that might have on the markets, and of course the upcoming 2020 election. All that's still to come. So high level, what you're going to hear from Ryan is that as far as growth in this economy and this market is slowing. Yes. It's not stopping, but it is starting to slow down. And that just means we're another day closer to that recession or that market downturn. Again, the win is a fool's errand to try to figure out the day or the month or the year, but we know we're getting closer. So today we're going to talk a little bit about what moves, if any, someone should be making ahead of that impending storm. Absolutely. And I think that one of the things that Ryan doesn't talk about that we can talk about for just a little while on the fastest four is the fact that, you know, interest rates have come down, 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 and yields have come down on investments uh, that are fixed income investments. And so that has people kind of scrambling to try to find better yields. Mm -hmm. And Scott, I think there's a real danger in that because you can reach out way too far sometimes trying to find that better yield and get into a high yield investment, which I know you're very famous for having in your 401k plan way back when. Yeah, great opportunity to, to relay that. You know, it highlights obviously the need for an advisor because when you're on when you're on your own, and I was in my 20s, and dipped into that first 401k opportunity and started accumulating assets and had to choose the investment on my own. That's all I had in front of me were the names of the investments, and I didn't have the knowledge or advice to know what exactly I was looking for. And there was a high yield fund. And I thought that sounds pretty good. Everybody wants high yield. And certainly from a fixed income perspective, people do want high yield. But what that really means is you're investing in corporate bonds and, and there could be problems with high yield. Yeah. High yield means that their credit quality is not nearly as good as say a government bond or something like that, or a, a grade A corporation, if you will. So uh, some credit challenges there, and that could spell some real problems, especially if we hit a recession. So you want to be mindful of looking for better yields, but you want to understand where that yield is coming from. And so Scott, there's a lot of things out there that are not bonds, but they act like bonds. Real estate, as an example, acts like bonds. Uh, there are other alternatives that people can look at. And obviously, you want to be sure to sit down with an advisor, make sure that, that number one, it's suitable for you, and number two, that you understand the investment. But our point on the fastest forward today is that we're going to have some people stretching for yields, looking for those higher yields as, as interest rates trend lower. Also, one of the things that I'm concerned about in this interest rate environment is at some point in time, those rates are going to go back up. Mm -hmm. And people who are sitting in even good bond funds may have some pressure on the price of those bond funds as rates go up, prices go down. And that's the scenario that could be more long-term that as we head into a recession at some point in time, you just want to be mindful how you're setting up your portfolio and what risk you're taking as you look at fixed income investments. Yeah, the word I think about is correlation. You don't want your fixed income or perceived safer investments to be going the same direction that the market is if we have a downturn. So that's a look at the fastest four minutes in investing. Again, we're going to go in-depth more on the Get Ready for the Future show with Ryan Dietrich. His interview is coming up right after this break. We thank you also for watching on social media. We'll see you again next time. Education-driven, strategy-based, team-delivered. That's how we roll on the Get Ready for the Future show. And we'll be right back. 
Meet the Gen Wealth team in person at our Gen Wealth Academy workshops happening in your area. For more information, visit getreadyforthefuture.com/events. Now, back to the show. Fear Factor Month, the month of October. We're talking about fears about retirement on the Get Ready for the Future show and we're talking today about possibly the the biggest fear investors may have and that's the fear of a market crash or a big market correction right as we go into retirement. So it is appropriate that this is the show that we welcome in Ryan Dietrich, Senior Market Strategist at LPL Financial. Good morning to you, sir. Good morning, Scott, and good morning, team. I'm glad to be back. Thank you. We are talking to you from, uh, I assume it's sunny California today. Is there ever a cloud out there? No, there's not really a cloud. It's actually kind of so early. It is dark outside, but I am yeah, about right. 50 yards away from the Pacific Ocean in a place called Dana Point. I flew into LAX last night, and then it's about an hour south, Dana Point, California. It's um, it's a pretty nice place. So I'm done talking to you guys. I'm going to get some nice breakfast and walk around and check out the ocean. So don't don't feel sorry for me today. <laughs> Cue the sympathy uh, sounds for Ryan Aww. Dietrich. Yeah, that's right. Get the violin out, right? That's it. Yeah. Well, we're going to try to make you work a little this morning on the Get Ready for the Future show. Hey, let's let's dive in. Uh, first up, we know we're well into the final quarter of 2019 now, halfway through October. Hard to believe. Um, give us a a history lesson here on October when it comes to the markets and then the final three months of the year. You say it's a, when it's a pre-election year like we are in that the markets have been pretty good? Well, that's right. You know, just looking at October, what's October known for? Spectacular crashes and volatility. 1929, 1987, 2008, those all ring in investors' ears as we remember or at least have read about those historic crashes. But the truth of the matter is, if you look at just October on average, it's really about an average month. It does pretty good. Now, here's where things get interesting. The last 20 years, October is actually the third best month. And like you said, this is a pre-election year, year three of the presidential cycle. October is really strong uh, during these months. In fact, we know about the 87 crash. But if you look at every single October since a pre-election year since then, it's only been down once. And that was in 1995 at like half a percent. And in 2011, 2015, some really good gains in October. And sure enough, we were worried at the start of this October. Yeah, this October started off, if you remember, two straight down days of 1% or more on the S&P 500. That's never happened in history. So we had a really rough start. And then sure enough, now, you know, we've come back and that's some positive news. We can talk about some of those things, but stocks have come back. And then just the fact is the fourth quarter. Fourth quarter is the strongest quarter out of the four, up 3.9% on average. But what's really interesting, when the S&P is up 15% for the year or more, heading into the fourth quarter, so a good year, like it was or like it was this year, the returns get better, up 4.6% median returns. So it's kind of interesting to think it's up a really good year. You do better in the usually bullish fourth quarter, and that's the play. Now, last thing I'll say, there's the caveat. We all remember last year, last year the worst fourth quarter since financial crisis, worst December for the year since the Great Depression. Now, I'll just say this. It's very, very rare to have the fourth quarter down two years in a row. We saw that during the financial crisis and then again during a recession in the 60s. So it can happen, sure. But if we're not in a recession, we don't have a major, major issue going on, it's it's very unlikely, I think, for the fourth quarter to be down two years in a row, as it usually is. But, you know, Santa Claus comes to town. Right, and let's look out a little bit further and, and tie this to the, the current fundamentals. We continue to see indications that growth is slowing but it's really not stopping. And uh, I'd like to know what your concerns are and, and should we be worried about a 2020 recession? Yeah, John, you know, you, the big headlines that came out earlier this month, the manufacturing data came in at a 10-year low and the services data here in the United States came in at a three-year low. So clearly there is slowing. Now, the good news, at least on the services side of things, we're still expanding. You look at the majority of the consumer data that we're seeing, Consumer confidence has been high. We've had a really good start to consumption. Spending has still been good. So the U.S. consumer makes up about 70% of GDP. Well, you know, the manufacturing part's slowing down. That's about 14% of GDP, but the consumer is still healthy. So believe me, the economy is not rip-roaring here. We're looking at maybe 4 or 5% earnings growth, about 2% GDP for the year. Uh, it's just kind of meandering, but that's the big question, right? Could we slip into recession? 
in 2020. Now, again, it is an election year, right? Uh, and and we just think, you know, there's certain plays and things that be put in play, potentially a deal with China, which I know we're going to talk about soon. Uh, those things can extend this 10-year cycle of growth. I like to point this out. This is a 10-year cycle of growth, the longest in our country's history. People hear that and they think, oh my, a recession has to start tomorrow. You know, Australia hasn't had a recession for 27 years. You look all over in China and all over Europe, 16 and 17 year cycles without a recession. The fact that the GDP is only quote unquote 2% to us could make this cycle go longer. If it was three, four, five percent that's kind of where things can, you know, get so good and then things go lower. The fact we're just kind of muddling through, as we call it, could help this cycle extend. Now, believe me, it's not, not spectacular, the economy, but it doesn't mean we have to just fall into a recession, especially head of an election year. We just aren't, we aren't believing that's the case as of this time in 2020. We think at LPL Research it could be in 2021 after the election is finally over. We could have more of a run-of-the-mill 1990-91 recession versus the financial crisis recession that we saw, um, you know, it's about 10 years ago. We think, you know, stocks can pull back 25 to 30 percent, which is going to be rough, but that's more normal. It's not like things are going to get cut in half. But again, the good news, we don't see that playing out at least until 2021. Ryan, you've talked about, you know, some of the unusual times that we've had in, in October and some of the rarities that we've seen uh, over the decades. So let's talk a little bit about sentiment. A- according to one survey, the number of bulls, those thinking positively about the stock markets, it's at its lowest point in about three and a half years. But in spite of that, equities are up pretty big for the year. So how rare is that occurrence? Yeah, Janet. I mean, the one thing that I think we've seen for going on 10 years now is people are continually scared of heights. And from that contrarian point of view, that can be a good thing. Now, the poll that you mentioned is the AAII poll, American Association of Individual Investors. That's a mouthful to say, but it was the lowest number of bulls since the middle of 2016, over three years that we saw just last week. That's with the S&P 3% away at that time from an all-time high. That's extremely rare to see that much worry. That's just one way to look at the world. We look at inflows, outflows. People still are not really just buying in and and investing money in equities. They're still going to bonds, uh, getting a little geeky, put-to-call ratios with the option market is saying they continue to be elevated and implying fear you know there's so much you know potential impeachment u.s china trade discussions global slowdown germany manufacturing recession what's going on um you know potentially in the middle east i mean there's a lot of stuff to be worried about and we're not ignoring any of those things but when you have any good news with lowered expectations um you know that's how markets can continue to it's a cliche to say climb the wall of worry but there is a lot of truth to that and the fact that the s p and honestly, globally. I I mentioned the word Germany. You know, Germany on a relative basis, their stock market is one of the best performing in the world, ex-US, the last three months. I mean, that's the biggest cog in Europe. All we hear about Germany is how they're slowing. My oh my, to see their stock market outperforming, stock markets do are a forward-looking mechanism, kind of not looking looking backward at the data, but looking forward. There are some real positives, we think, globally and in the U.S., that maybe this is just a lull, um, you know, a slowdown like we saw in 15, 16, and we saw, uh, you know, in in 2010, 11, uh, but not the impending recession, just a slowdown and then potentially expansion next year, uh, and that's how we're seeing it. You mentioned, as as we dive in again to Fear Factor Month on the Get Ready for the Future show, some of the fears that are being generated by the headlines out there, things to worry about legitimately in many cases. Let's dive in, look under the hood at some of those uh, headlines. You mentioned the impeachment proceedings that are being talked about against President Trump. Has that been a has that been a driver of market volatility over the past few weeks? And and then what does history tell us about how markets perform should that impeachment process move forward? Absolutely. Well, definitely when some of the headlines and things were swirling earlier this month, it did cause some near-term volatility. But the way we look at it, you know, what did Mark Twain say? History doesn't repeat, but it rhymes. And what we know about market history is if you're in a recession, that's when bad things happen. Specifically, look at Richard Nixon when his impeachment was taking place uh, in 73, the bear market of 73, 74. Stocks were killed, right? It was a terrible time. Oil was much higher, the oil embargo, global slowdown. So in the midst of his impeachment, stocks were drilled. Now fast forward to uh, 1998 during President Clinton's impeachment. After the pe- President uh, Clinton's impeachment started, the inquiry started, the S&P, this is on October of 98, the S&P was up over 40% just six months later. Now, what was going on before that? Well, we had a 20% correction due to the Russian ruble crisis, long-term capital management, the hedge fund went under a lot of fears. 
But again, that was the late 90s, right? The economy was really strong in the late 90s, as we all remember. So stocks just kind of ignored, so to speak, uh, the potential of the impeachment with President, uh, President Clinton. And we think that can be the play again. If we fall into a recession, hey, with the impeachment stuff happening, stocks can fall back. But if, if, if the economy continues to kind of expand here, I know, like I said, it's muddling through now. Maybe it can expand a little more into next year. That can be um, – more of a positive. So what did Carville say? Carville in 92 said, it's the economy, stupid, right? That was the famous quote. He was the campaign strategist for Clinton saying, hey, the, the economy was weak in 90 and 91. You probably, that should help you potentially win against George Bush on number one, HW. And that's exactly what happened. So if the economy can stay strong, the um, stock market probably will have a forward looking and kind of just, I hate to say, ignore the impeachment because it could cause near-term volatility. But when all is said and done, the economy really matters more to Wall Street. Um, than anything out of out of Washington. Just a couple of minutes left, Ryan. I wanted to stick with uh, politics for just a second. There's a lot of noise about impeachment, but I think that the uh, the trade war with China uh, has more, I think, real impact on uh, whether there is a Trump reelection or not. Where are we at in this in this whole process? You hear a lot of stuff, but what's really going on? Well, you're right, John. And I mean, you, you wait a day, and it could be totally new headlines. But the good news, just recently with high level discussions that we had, it seems like we had a little bit of a minor breakthrough, right? China is saying they might buy $50 billion worth of our agricultural products, and we're saying we're not going to impose any new tariffs. So that's uh, that's some baby steps in the right direction. Uh, later next month in November, President Trump and President Xi are, are expected to meet face-to-face in Chile, and they potentially could sign the phase one deal. Now, that again is saying they're going to buy more agricultural products, and the U.S. is going to, not going to put any more uh, tariffs, any near-term tariffs on. Now, they're saying there's still a phase two and a phase three, so we are still a ways away uh, with this discussion. Uh, but, but again, it's it's look under the surface, kind of what's happening here. I mean, you're starting to see industrials actually outperform. I mean, that's a big group. Copper, all of a sudden, is starting to try to find a bottom. I mean, those are some things that are very sensitive to trade and have really been underperforming due to it. And all of a sudden, those are starting to do a little bit better. So, again, maybe they're seeing some po- more positives on that front. But we're not, uh, you know, we think there's a potential path to resolution. We find a resolution, you know, before the end of this year, we don't think so. Probably sometime in the first half of next year, ahead of the election, there can be positive because the trade is so important for capital expenditures, capex companies investing themselves with clarity as to what they should be doing with future investments. And and you know, Washington knows that, and that's why we do think we'll get some type of deal. But hey, we've had some good headlines, and let's uh, that's better than what we saw earlier this year, right? Absolutely. Ryan, we are out of time. We're going to have to, one of these days, give you a whole show. But we thank you for being with us for this segment of the Get Ready for the Future show. I look forward to that day and look forward to next month, guys. Thank you very much. Your retirement should be more. More what? More than just investments. More about you. Find out more when the Get Ready for the Future show returns. A smarter, simpler, more personal approach to retirement continues with the Get Ready for the Future show. Our thanks to Ryan Dietrich, as he always does, joins us once a month on the Get Ready for the Future show, and he has a very busy schedule, as was pointed out there in the previous segment. He's always traveling, but we speak to him via hotel room, via cell phone. He's in airports sometimes. He's always nice to give us a few minutes of his time, and great insight there. We'll get back into market talk as we continue Fear Factor Month on the Get Ready for the Future show, but we do want to give you uh, another reminder about our upcoming Gen Wealth Academy workshops. And before we tell you about what's coming up, we want to tell you that we want to take a moment to say thanks to all of the people in Saline County who came out to our Gen Wealth Academy workshop last week at the Benton Event Center. The topic was Social Security. It was a packed room, literally. You couldn't probably get anybody. I think Janet sat in the hallway for a little while because. Sat on the ice chest part of the time. (laughs) There wasn't a lot of room in there. But hey, we want to say thanks, A, for coming out, but B, for bringing the questions. I mean, I I think that was probably the most. we, we use the term in the weeds, but most specific and detailed questions we've probably ever had at one of those social security workshops. And we love it because yeah. that's what we do these things for. We mm-hmm. don't do this just to, to you know feed folks and stand up there and talk. We want right. to educate you. And those questions coming back to, to Stephanie uh, specifically uh, on social security uh, are great. And, and I can just brag on Stephanie for just a second. Mm-hmm. As deep in the weeds as you want to go, she yeah. can go with she you. She can get there. She yep. can definitely 
definitely get there. And, and we've got another opportunity coming up on the 29th at Mike's Place in Conway. Uh, Conway is uh, a always a popular location for a Gen Wealth Academy workshop. And I know a number of folks are there, but we still have a few seats left in Conway. Also, uh, Scott, Three Big Risk is coming to Little Rock for the last time this year. Yep. So you can sign up at getreadyforthefuture.com forward slash events for either one of those. We will tell you space, very limited. Uh, Mike's place is obviously in a private room, so we only can probably get 15, 16 people. We'll squeeze you in there. There's a few opportunities uh, left to get in on that one. So if you're listening in that area, Faulkner County, Moralton, uh, Greenbrier, Bologna, please go to getreadyforthefuture.com and come to that social security workshop or the three big risks happening just around the corner next week, October 22nd at Little Rock's Crown Plaza Hotel. Again, it's free to attend. Education is always the driver. Education is always the focus at every Get Ready, uh, I'm sorry, every Gen Wealth Academy workshop. Uh, so we always are there for that purpose only. We're not there to sell you anything, uh, and we want you to bring your questions. I might point out, too. Uh, that if you do have a social security question and those dates and times just don't fit your uh, your schedule or your calendar, you can always give us a call and set up an appointment and get your social security questions answered. Stephanie Smith is on our team. And as John mentioned her name, we should also point out, as we have many times, she's been on the show, I think it was just last week, that she spent 27 years uh, with the Social Security Administration. So she is a consultant for our team. Uh, when we put retirement plans together, you can call 501-653-7355 or reach out via email info at getreadyforthefuture.com and set up an appointment if those uh, dates for the workshop don't work. So we're talking about Fear Factor Month all month long in October. We have just this show and next week is all that's left in Fear Factor Month. But if a fear of yours as it comes as it as it relates to retirement is a market downturn or even a market crash. Ryan had some good insight in there, but you know the one takeaway for me is is obviously he's telling us that fundamentally the the markets and, and the economy are still on firm ground. We are probably entering a slowing phase when it comes to growth, but we have not stopped yet. But then we spent a lot of time in that segment, guys, talking about all this outside influence, the trade war, the impeachment talk, the impending election. That uncertainty, I think, drives fear for investors. I think it drives fear for the average client that we work with. And that's always going to be there. I mean, I think about that through history. It is always going to be there. There's always going to be an uncertain time in the economy and the markets so you need an all-weather plan to deal with that. You know, I think this comes back to, let, let's go back to your haunted house analogy of, of your girls walking through. And they had a plan when they started to go through there. Mm-hmm. I'm going to hold on to your shoulder. You're going to hold on to the person in front of them. And at the end of this, we know we're coming out of the end of this okay. And we know, it. like it, they even told them ahead of time, nobody's going to touch you. Right. You know, so we know these things now. Are there going to be some frightening times along the way? Yes, we also know that. But we're willing to walk this journey anyway because we know at the end it's it's going to be okay. That's why we do a plan. That mm-hmm. you know, the market is going to give you some scary times. Retirement itself, just the concept of I'm not working for a check anymore. The reality is that's scary for a lot of people. It's okay. Get a plan. Have yeah. it have it on paper on purpose in advance. Well, let's face it, there is no recession proofing your retirement. There is no sure thing out there because even those things that are touted to be guaranteed, they have some downside in other areas. And in business, there is a term called risk averse. And then there is a term called risk ready. You don't want to be risk averse because I see businesses that are risk averse and they don't ever really grow. They are very stagnant. You don't want to have your retirement program stagnated in something that is very low yielding just because it doesn't lose money doesn't mean it is the greatest thing for you. So you want to be sure that, that you look at that very carefully. What you want to do is you want to be risk ready. And that is the plan being put together with the idea in mind that there are going to be risks that you have to deal with, that there are going to be things that crop up down the road. Because, Troy, when we build a plan, we're thinking about those risks. Right. It all goes back to, and we talk about this all the time because it's the main thing here at GenWealth. It's part of our ready-to-retire process. But we talk about how we use those time-segmented buckets of money. 
And so our clients know that the money that they're going to use early on in their retirement is going to be very conservative and it's not going to have a lot of that volatility that the overall market does. Meanwhile, the money that they're going to use further down the road, that's where we need to get some of that growth. And that goes back to what you were saying, John. You can't just put everything in, you know, some fixed account because it's not going to, it's not going to earn enough to keep up with true inflation. So that's why you still have to have some growth component in your retirement plan. So when you think about if a market downturn occurs and you look at your account value, what sort of emotion that might, um, incur in you or produce in you versus having a plan to refer to when that market downturn occurs. What's the difference there? Having a plan on paper on purpose or just having a statement, which is what a lot of people do. And that's why we say your retirement should be more than just investment. So let's talk about how we build that plan. And it starts with talking about an income that you want and you need in retirement rather than focusing on that big number, that big phone number that they used to have on those TV commercials, right? It's all, right. it's this magic number. If you have 1.2 or if you have 1.3 million or if you have 850,000, that is your number. Well, what are you going to do with that? That's great. You hit your you're number. You can walk through a park carrying a big phone number. <laughs> yes. I mean, I mean, you're still walking through that haunted house in the dark, right? Well, that's right. great. I hit my number, but now what? But we talk about retirement being essentially an income problem that needs a solution. Yeah. So let's think about how much more comfort you would have if you hit a recession, but you know that your social security check is going to come in. You know, if you have a pension, that pension check is going to come in and you know that there is part of your assets that you have dedicated to produce guaranteed income. You know, all of that's coming in regardless of what's happening in the market. And that's enough money for you to to cover your basic expenses, to pay the bills, to be sure that things don't run off the rails. If the money that you have exposed to the market is number one, discretionary, and number two, you're not going to need it for 10 plus years, then you're in a lot better position to weather a recession, a market downturn, a political upheaval, whatever may come down the pike, Janet. It is a plan that is risk ready. You know, you talked about the risk averse and risk ready. And and frankly, um, I would phrase that maybe a little bit differently on the risk averse portion. There's a part of your portfolio that does need to be risk averse, yes. you know, and we, you might call it risk ready, but there's, you know, the money that you're going to need, we call it your grocery money in the, in the next five years, the first five years of retirement, you don't want to take risk with that. And, and we don't want you to take any significant risk with that either. That portion does need to be risk averse. Where John was going is you can't have your, your whole portfolio risk averse exactly. because then you're going to get, you're going to get your butt kicked by inflation, frankly. <laughs> You, yeah. You've got to be able to take on some risk in order to outpace inflation. So there's this balancing act. Um, John, when we went to, to Notre Dame recently and they were talking with us about um, uh, polarities, you know, you don't want to be all on or all off on any one thing. And the same is true of risk. There is a balance between being risk ready and risk averse. And the question is, what does your portfolio look like? Is it, is it bucketized, if you will, you know, for the different ways you need to treat risk throughout your retirement? If you think about a, a sports analogy, we're in the middle, midst of football season. I know football is a bit of a touchy subject in the state of Arkansas, yeah. but uh, talk about fear factors. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but when you think about, let's take a, a Mike Leach offense. Okay. And, and, you know, throws the ball all over the field. Yeah. It is a terribly unbalanced offense they right. never run the ball mm-hmm. versus a uh, you know let's say a, a, a Brett Bielema offense that never really threw the ball a whole lot but loved to run the ball yep. again terribly unbalanced you know what they're going to do a balanced offense is the most effective offense yeah. that there is and your your retirement program needs to be balanced as well there needs to be some risk but there that needs to be tempered with some conservative risk averse things and on on uh, pardon the the expression but on balance it's balanced yeah and, and so it, the the key here is to not get too extreme one way or the other and that's a really hard thing to do in this day and time scott because the media influence on folks is tremendous yeah i think about it, i don't remember the football coach's name but he said i don't like to pass the football because 
one of three things can happen and two of them are bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Incomplete, intercepted, <laughs> or a complete pass, right? Well, my, my, how football has changed. But that is true. The, the, the media headlines drive a lot of our fear. There's no question about that. That was, uh, bored out in our conversation with Ryan. We were talking about what was dominating the headlines and behind those headlines, it may not be that it's all made up. There are some very real risks out there, but how you deal with those risks become your retirement plan. So when we talk about the first step in the Gen Wealth Ready to Retire process, we shift the focus and the conversation from how much do I need to retire to how much income do you need and want in retirement. The need gets filled with a required income, and that comes from your guaranteed income sources. And then the buckets that we've referenced here, those are the funds that continue to be invested that produce your desired income, your discretionary income in retirement. So we've got one more segment. We're going to take a break and we'll continue our talk about building a plan to endure an all-weather market situation. If you want the answer, ask the question. Email info at getreadyforthefuture.com with your name, location, and question, and we'll answer it on the air. We'll be back in just a moment. Want more straight talk about retirement, investments, and your money? Listen to our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Now back to the Get Ready for the Future show. And this broadcast will be up on podcast very soon, so look for it there, especially if you missed any of our interview with Ryan Dietrich, Senior Market Strategist from LPL Financial. He joins us every month, but you don't have to wait another month to hear his take on the economy and the markets. Again, you can check us out on podcast. Don't forget also about our Gen Wealth Academy workshops coming up in Conway and Little Rock. In Conway, we're at Mike's Place on October 29th at 6.30 talking about Social Security and asking you to bring your Social Security questions to that event. Dinner's provided. It is free to attend. Stephanie Smith, who spent 27 years with the Social Security Administration and is on the GenWealth team, will be there. It's more of a Q&A and less a presentation, so we want you to bring your questions and get them answered there. And the three big risks are coming up next week to the Little Rock Crown Plaza. October 22nd is the date. 6.30 is the time. Look at your schedule there. That is also free to attend. And we're talking about the three big risks to your retirement. We believe these are three risks that are universal that every retiree in Arkansas and Louisiana will have to deal with. Uh, and how should you deal with that? What are some strategies and solutions to take on those risks as you enter your retirement? Free to attend there as well. Education is the focus. The sign-up is at GetReadyForTheFuture.com. So our final segment in today's show, we're continuing our Fear Factor Month all month long in October. And today we're talking about a fear of a market crash and what should you do? How should you plan ahead of that next downturn or that next recession? And we spent much of the time, guys, talking about uh, if you're in that retirement red zone, if you're five to 10 years out, how you should be building your plan for retirement. And everybody should be building that plan for retirement, but it looks a little different if you're more than 10 years out from retirement. I think about myself here. We, they call us Gen Xers, right? I mean, yep. I don't yeah. know what that really means. I don't know how they <laughs> came up with that, but I'm 46 <laughs> years old, going on 47. So if you're in my boat, if you're in your mid-40s, then you've likely had a pretty good work history. You've had some income building over time, and hopefully you've put some good money away for your retirement. And if you have, where is it going to be? It is likely going to be in your employer-sponsored plan. But are you still with that employer? Right. Many times we don't stay with uh, uh, one employer for 47 years, as I did talk to one gentleman last night uh, and earlier this week at the Social Security Workshop who had been with one employer for 47 years, but that doesn't happen much anymore. So what if you had uh, a job change, two job changes, and you have what we call out there an orphan to 401k? This is a really good time when you talk about market downturns or a recession, John, around the horizon to really think about what should you do there? Yeah, you've got four options, essentially. If you've got an orphan 401k, as you call it, uh, one is you could just leave it exactly where it's at. You could put it in your new 401k plan if you have one available. You could roll it to an IRA or you do have the option of cashing it out. Now, we don't recommend cashing it out at all because right. that disrupts your retirement program. So let's focus on where we are right now and, and some thoughts around what you might think about doing. 
Obviously, you've got to think about, okay, what do I want to do from an investment standpoint? We are arguably at the precipice of uh, a, a downturn in the market at some point in time. Now, Ryan will tell you that he doesn't see anything in the immediate future, but who knows about 2020, 2021. Obviously, we're going to come to the end of a bull market at some point in time. And Janet, I think that obviously when you are looking at your investments, the one thing you don't want is that, uh, as I used to say in, in 2008, you don't want your 401k to turn into a 201k. Right. You don't want it to fall by 30, 40, 50%. But that actually does represent an opportunity if you're still saving. We'll get to that in a second. But, you know, not backing up, not going backwards in a situation where uh, you have a recession or a big downturn in the market is very vital. It it is. Scott and I, as as Gen Xers, we're in the the second half of our 40s. We won't talk about that next decade quite yet. Mid-40s. We're still in the mid-40s. John, don't you even laugh because your next decade starts with... The six. It, it, it just is really funny to see uh, people who never hedged this whole thing begin to hedge it in their conversation so, uh, a little bit. Yeah, it is funny, I, I suppose, from your vantage point. But anyway, uh, we're we're in the second half of our forties, and frankly, it is a time when when you know we're dealing with other people's retirement all the time. But it's a time when we begin personally to go, huh. That's not so terribly far off. Mm-hmm. It'll be here before we know it. And you're right, John, that at this at this stage of life, I don't want to see my 401k become a 201k. And so we have to look at how are we invested in preparation for retirement. And if we're talking about basically a decade out from retirement, maybe a little bit more, depending on how long you really want to work, it's not 20 years out from retirement at this point. You're 10 or 15 years out. We've got to be invested accordingly. And and let's face it, in 401k plans, you essentially have two asset classes, equities and bonds. Now, there's a lot of variations in there, but you essentially have those two asset classes and neither one of those are necessarily recession-proof. Right. So in, inside of an IRA, which is would be the option of if you wanted to get out of the 401k and go to something a little bit different, you can really open up your your investment choices. You've got the whole universe of investments out there to you. There's many different types of asset classes that you can invest in inside of an IRA. And Troy, I think it really does. The times that we're in right now really do beg for you to take a look at advanced strategies for asset protection, because we know it's coming at some yes. point in time. And as you're building, uh, kind of ascending the ladder, if you will, toward financial independence, hopefully with your 401k plan and and your other investable assets, you don't need to really backtrack. You don't need to, as General Patton used to say, you don't need to pay for the same ground twice. Yeah, and and that's exactly what Scott and I as Gen Xers are, are facing. The reality is that prior to our retirement, there will be a bear market. Period. End of conversation. There will be a bear market. So we have to be prepared for that. And John, as you mentioned, you know, advanced strategies for asset protection, that is something that we've got to look at. How are our assets currently allocated? How do we need to have them allocated as we prepare for that next 10 to 15 years prior to retirement? It's critically important. And let me cap out on that just a little bit. If you think about big institutions, how do pension funds protect their assets? How do, you know, insurance companies that manage money in, in a very stable way, how do they what strategies do they use to protect their assets? Well, there's in this day and time with technology, there is nothing that is off the table to the individual investor. That's right. They have access to the same strategies, the same philosophies, the same tactics that these bigger pension funds and these bigger insurance companies have to protect their assets. That's something that you might want to consider as you think about this whole 401k thing. I would just say if if your field of vision in terms of investment is limited to stocks and bonds and stock and bond mutual funds, there's a lot more out there. And it's important as we prepare to go at some point from a bull market to a bear market, it's important to understand what your choices are and the impact that could have on your retirement. 
I think of this as the old money, new money conversation. Yes. Your old money is the money that's been invested and started off small and has grown during this bull market. And now we're at the all-time highs and we're at the peak possibly of that bull market. You want to do what it takes to protect that. But you've also got the new money going into that 401k where you are currently. Now, with that, it's a different conversation. It absolutely is. This is where the cow story comes in. If you don't know the cow story, you haven't been around Gen Wealth for a while. (laughs) But uh, essentially, if you think about what you're doing when you put money in, you are buying shares at whatever price the market gives you. If the market goes down, you can buy more shares with that same amount of money. Now, let's not make the same mistakes that people made in 2007 and 2008, because the markets got ugly in 2007 and 2008. And Troy, what did they do? A lot of people sold everything at that point. Uh, and they stopped, and they con- stopped putting money in. Yeah, yeah. they yeah. stopped yeah. contributing to their, their plan. They, they somehow right. thought it was snake bit, and this isn't going well, and I'm just going to stop putting money in it. And that is the worst thing that anybody could have done during that time. Without going into the whole cow story, the premise is the purpose is to populate the field. Yes. And and in our scenario, we use small numbers because it's easier on math. But if you start out and the cows are ten dollars a head, and then you turn around and they're five dollars a head, do you stop buying them? You don't stop buying them because the purpose was to populate the field. And if they're now five dollars a head, this is bogo. This is buy one get one, right? Yeah. So. If the purpose is to populate the field, you keep buying more. You don't consider the fact at that point in time that the cows that you bought at $10 are now worth only 5 The purpose is not at this point to sell them. The purpose is to acquire more. Now, let's let's be clear that, that dollar cost averaging, which is what the cow story really is, does not guarantee a profit or prevent a loss and you have to stick with it through you over know time. Down, uh, over time in in those down markets for it to be effective but it is a very uh well-worn uh strategy for accumulating shares yes. in your 401k plan IRA or whatever it is you're contributing to but the key here is don't make the same mistakes that people made in 2007 2008 let's learn something from history because if you don't learn from history you're destined to repeat it and and folks really did uh, hurt themselves during the downturn in 2007, 2008 by not understanding that dynamic. So maybe fear hasn't set in yet, but that's a great time to build a plan. That's a great time to sit down with a financial advisor and talk about what your options are and some things you can do to prepare for that next downturn, because that is when fear will set in. And to have that plan to fall back on, to lean on during those times can make a difference in how you respond to it. If you'd like to set up an appointment with a Gen Wealth Advisor, maybe you're on the cusp of retirement, in that retirement red zone, or maybe you're in your 40s like me and you're talking about maybe it's time to think about protecting that nest egg, that money you've spent 20 plus years accumulating over time. It only takes a phone call or an email, 501-653-7355 or info at GetReadyForTheFuture.com. That first appointment is always complimentary. We thank you for listening to the Get Ready for the Future show, and we hope you'll join us again next week. The Gen Wealth Financial Team is available to you 24-7 at info at GetReadyForTheFuture.com or call our offices at 844-869-PLAN. The Get Ready for the Future show is a production of Gen Wealth Financial Advisors and opinions expressed are not those of this radio station and are for general information only. You should personally consult a financial advisor before making any investment and no strategy can assure success. Gen Wealth Financial Advisors is an Arkansas registered investment advisor with securities offered through LPL Financial. Member FINRA SIP. We'll